welcome back, everybody. <laughs> that was my radio voice. Did you like that, CJ? I love it. Nice. <laughs> welcome back to the Thrive Leadership Podcast. CJ and Brad here, otherwise known as as uh, as Carlo. That's right. And and Bradford or Bradley. Bradley. And on Bradley. this episode, we've we've got Chado Chado Beach. Chad Beach. Those who have no idea what Brad's talking about, last episode we 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 went deep into names, meanings. That's right, names. And uh, yeah, he, he unfolded. Yeah, unfold- we're 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 doing some throwback. We're doing some uh, some. We're 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 hitting you with stuff you don't know about, so you'll go back and listen to that episode. That's, That's right. what we're doing. Do that. Uh, yeah. So if you want to call me Brado or Bradster, uh, CJ has has informed me and continues to inform me that I am a broad meadow. That's right. So I'm not sure what it means, but I'm going to go with it. I I'm sure there's some kind of spiritual reference in there somewhere. That's right. Your wisdom is vast. Speaking of vast wisdom, Chad Veach. And uh, Chad has got a new book out called Help, I Work With People. That, I'm, first of all, I, I love that title. I, I love told that him title. I, I told him I wish I would have come up with that title and then either used it for a book or sold it to him for, you know, $12. Right. But he, this, is, this is Chad's first leadership book. And, you know, a lot of people have read, he's, I've, I believe he has three or four books previously that were more Christian living or, you know, spiritual life centered books. And this one really is about leadership, about working with people, about, you know, how to have people skills. So uh, this is one of those that you'll want to, you'll want to not only buy it for yourself, but buy it for your staff and buy it for your team. And you can walk through it and hopefully uh, work through some of those issues. So he, uh, he was on the Thrive Summit. That's right. And our buddy, Andrew McCourt, Pastor Andrew, interviewed Chad. And so we're going to, we're going to play a, a bit of that for you on this episode of the Thrive Leadership Podcast. Before we get there, um, I do have to ask you, CJ, we're, we're now, we're now in the throes of fall. We're deep into the fall season. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to know from you, and I'm going to share mine, but what, what is it about fall that you like the most? Now I know Sacramento doesn't get as much of the change in weather as some other parts of the country do, but what stands out for you about fall? Well, right now, fall couldn't come any sooner and be more refreshing for us. We've been battling triple-digit heat, smoke, right? There's there, I think as of today, maybe 600-plus fires in California. Unbelievable. Uh, as we record, yes. Yeah, yeah, as we record. And, and uh we, when you, when you stack on COVID, no one being able to be outside, the restaurants you could go to were outside only. Now we're literally just trapped in our homes. It has been, right. it has been awful, Brad, awful. So for me at this point, I'm just looking forward to the idea of fall is so enticing to me right now because it's cooler, <laughs> just cooler yeah. weather. Uh, it seems like a change. And I don't know any Californian right now who's just not really longing for a little change, but yeah. Now I do know that you're a motorcycle guy. Yeah. Do you, do you like to ride in fall compared to other seasons or do you have a season that is your favorite? Spring and fall for me out here is great. When I lived in San Francisco, okay. you know, you could ride, you know, throughout the year, but for yeah. me personally in my old age, yeah, spring and fall. I love it. Yeah. You look like, you look like uh one of those, um, one of those daredevils. I mean, I've seen you drive up 
a couple of times and, and you looked apart, man. Like you look like, you know what you're doing first of all, cause right. I have no clue about riding a motorcycle. Yeah. But, but you got the look like you get, you, you could be in a motorcycle commercial. Well, that was you're, just you're I was wearing in. that white, uh, kind of leather American flag inspired <laughs> leather jacket, that evil Knievel vibe. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I know exactly what you're talking about. That, that's more in the South, buddy. That, oh. those, those people are, they're, 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 they're not driving, they're not riding a motorcycle. They're in a truck. That's true. And that's there's a bunch true. of people on the back of it usually. Right. And, yeah. And they're getting into shenanigans is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I like about the fall is uh, first of all, college football. Because that that comes around uh, when when fall season starts to show up, as well as I, I do enjoy the, the the change of weather. I mean, in the South, you get a a, a drastically cooler environment, you know, yeah. to be able to spend some time outside. But uh, I also like that there's this there's a sense that winter is coming, and I don't know how to explain that one, but I just. For those of us, again, who live in the Four Seasons part of the U.S., uh, once you've gone through, I think it's because it's so hot Mm. that then you look forward to it getting really cold. Yeah. Um, So those are my three reasons for for fall. Football, uh, cooler weather, and then the the expectation that that winter's on the way. Love it. And it looks looks like you guys are going to actually have a football season. Just... Well, we're not like our friends out in California who are a, a bit scared and nervous. Yeah. Maybe that's the wrong way to describe it, but uh I you know, who knows who's right because there's no playbook for no. what do you do in a pandemic as it relates to college football. But uh there there are some games happening and it's uh you know, we'll see. We'll see if it works, but I know there's a lot of football players who are disappointed that are at schools in the Pac-12 on the West Coast that aren't able to play this year, and I feel bad for them, you know, because yeah. nobody wants to, nobody wants to be on the sidelines not getting to play. No, you know, a lot of their futures and things are wrapped up in this. So that's right. Uh, it's it, well, and and our guest Chad Veach is he is a a big time sports fan. He does cheer for the Los Angeles Lakers, so. Yeah. I don't know if he mentions this, but he is a big Laker fan, and we are in the middle of the playoffs right now. So when this airs, I'm not sure if the Lakers will have won the championship or have lost. But either way, there's a big asterisk. So if Chad starts bragging about the fact that the Lakers are the world champions, uh, we, we all need to give him grief with the fact that this is a shortened and asterisk-ridden season That's right. if they are the winner. And we'll see, you know, I'm just, there, there's a lot of Laker people that are, they're, they're, they're barking really loud. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, you got to put up with it as a golden state fan. I'm sure. That's right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you got, you don't have as many teams. It's just the season's really weird, but that's not going to stop them from claiming the superiority of their team. Yeah. I'm listen again, we record as we're in the middle of the playoffs, mm-hmm. we're in the conference finals or win the conference semifinals as we record. I'm going to go ahead and predict that the Clippers will beat LA Lakers in seven games. Okay. All right. And then the Miami Heat are actually going to win the the, the NBA championship this year. That's my prediction. Clippers okay. will take out the Lakers and then the Heat 
will take out the Clippers in the finals. So I'm not, this, this is, uh, you know, September 10th as we record. So we'll see if my prediction holds true. All right. If so, we will from now on refer to you as the great Kreskin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, again, Chad Veach is our guest. Uh, He is the pastor of Zoe Church in LA. He's written a number of books. He's got his own podcast, Leadership Lean In, which is a, it's a must listen. I love his podcast. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, he is a, he's a great friend of Thrive. So let's get into his conversation with Andrew McCourt. Here's Chad Veach. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is unbelievable. We're doing... The, the pandemic can't stop the conference. This is incredible. Come on. Hey, it's been a whole new season we've all found ourselves in, and it's been incredible to see the hope that you're bringing in social media. I've even seen your jumper recently on Instagram. It looks like it's still on point. All glory to God. All, all glory, glory to God. Come I on. It's all God. Right. I just appreciate your humility. I didn't put that in the bio as well, but just such a humble guy, humble guy. But hey, Chad, it's incredible. You've got another book coming out. It's a book called Help I Work With People. I don't know if you know this, but we all work with people and we all need help because we do. Bro, tell us a little bit about the book and, and, and what it's going to do to help all of us. Well, I think the first thing is that we have to understand that people are the greatest treasure on the earth. Come on. There's nothing that God loves more than people. He's not in love with buildings. Come on. He's in love with people. God loves people so much. He sent his one and his only son to die for all people. Come on. And it just is so interesting when people are like, man, I'd love my church if it weren't for the people. I'd love my job if it weren't <laughs> for the people. I think we got to flip that around and we, st- we have to start to love people. In fact, G- the Bible says that if we love God and hate our brother, we haven't seen God. Come on. So we've got to allow God to change our hearts, change our lives. Because I think when you fall in love with God, naturally you start to fall in love with others. Come on. So we just wrote the book with the intention and the hope that people will love people, love others, love to lead their family, their team, their organization. But all of that first starts with us. You know, healthy relationships are contrived of healthy individuals. Come on. So I've got to first address me before I can address others. Man, that's so good. I, I, I like that it starts with us. We've got to get healthy before we can have healthy environments and great relationships with others. You have an amazing church in Southern California called Zoe Church. It's incredible to see what God's been doing through you guys. How old is the church right now? We're four years old. Wow. And, um, and we're going to turn five in just a couple of months. And so we're really uh, just thankful and proud of our church, you know, I always think when the water gets hot, hmm. when the pressure rises, that's when you see what's really in somebody. Okay, but and then, we see in Zoe, like you guys are in the streets, you're in the community, you're spreading a message of hope. When it comes to your culture, staff and volunteers, what's one of the critical components that make up the amazing culture you've got at Zoe? Well, thank you so much. That really means a lot. And one thing we preach all the time is that cult- culture trumps everything. Culture eats vision and strategy for breakfast all day long. Come on. And so one of the things about our culture is we've always tried to speak to the identity of our church. Mm -hmm. Even from its infancy, we try to say, this is who you are. You're kind, you're generous, you're excellent, you're faith-filled, you're a Jesus church. 
And the more that you tell somebody what they are, the more they believe it. That's so good. So if you ever interact with Zoe people, they walk around and be like, I'm kind, I'm <laughs> generous, I'm excellent, I'm faith-filled, I'm a servant of the most high. And so I feel like when the pressure rose, the identity was exposed. Wow. And I'm proud that we work so hard. It's like my kids. Wow. You know, I've got two, four, six, eight. Those yep. are my kids' age. And I'm always trying to tell them who they are more than who they're not. Come on. That's incredible. I, I mentioned earlier that you're a constant hope dealer. Everybody who knows you, has known you since you were up in the Pacific Northwest in Puyallup, know that you are a person full of hope and you bring hope to all of the environments that you're in. What would you say to leaders right now who are trying to shift in their attitude in, in a season where it could be pressurized? They're trying to shift in an attitude of positivity. How would you coach them into shifting to that? Well, you know, I, I, I think it's all perspective. Mm -hmm. life, life is first lived through premise and then affected through perspective. Oh, my, wow. The premise of my life is I'm a child of God. Hmm. I'm called by name. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm not living to earn something or get something. Come I've on. already received everything. Wow. So I'm good. I'm confident. I'm secure. I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. Like I'm good. So my premise is that's going to affect my perspective, yeah. the way I see life, the way I see others. You know, nothing will impact your life greater than your view of God. Wow. Your view of God determines your view of self. Hmm. And so the more I can get my theology right, the more I can get my belief right. That's why we always preach belong, believe, behave. Come on. But right be behaving is all from right believing. So if I know I belong to God, and I believe in God, all of my living is stems from that. So I always think like the reason why we can try and give hope and life and joy. Jesus sent with this girl at a well. And he's like, if you knew who was sitting with you, you would ask me for a drink. Why? Because he's like, I'm good. I have something to offer you. I don't need something. For I think the problem is that a lot of us as leaders, we're like looking to get something from the business guy looking to get something from someone in the community, looking to get, and it's like, listen, all of life is lived. How can I add value? When you live from that, life gets easy. Man, some of us just need to walk away from this interview today and say, I'm good. I'm good. And live from that perspective. I'm good, bro. Hey, you've been dropping nuggets all throughout this. Just in a few minutes, you've been giving us a leadership lean in and you've got this podcast, man. I love watching it. And uh, it, it's meant so much to me. Uh, some of my favorites on there or one of my favorites is the top five. And you start talking about values and, and how you do that. Kind of break that down for us. When you talk about the values of a leader, you, you talk about go the extra mile, make everything better, fight for the, uh, to protect relationship, beware the whisper, be a good teammate. These are powerful leadership tools. How would you tell us to try to put some of those in place, especially right now? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the old saying is so true. Manners make it the man. <laughs> you know, part, part of, part Hit me of with that cool. again. Hit me with that again. Manners make it a man. Hmm. That's an age-old line from Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Wow. So I just believe that. In, in, in one of my favorite golfers, Gary Player, who's won many you know, championships, he always says that line, manners make a man. Well, I think values makes a leader. Huh. We've got to be driven by our values. If not, we'll be led by our emotions. Wow. We'll be defined by our circumstance. And so if I have my values in order – 
my values lead me, not others. Hmm. My values lead me, not protests, pandemics, conflict, Come on. fallout. I'm led by my values. So what do I value? The more that we can determine our values, the easier life will be. That's why I think we need God's word. Because where do my values come from? Zig Ziglar, John Maxwell. No, those are great. But my values come from God's word. That's why the Bible literally says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. They're values that lead my life. How did you go on the journey of finding these top five values? As you started looking at it, was it a a larger list and you began to refine and define who you were going to be as a leader? What did that look like? You know, it's crazy. And I was a youth pastor for 15 years. I did did about five years in East LA, in LA, and then I went up for 10 years in the Pacific Northwest. And when I was in Seattle, I, I thought, you know, the greatest felt need in the world is leadership. Mm. So I started thinking about Jesus when he was 12. He's 12 years old. He's in the temple. He's listening and asking questions. So I thought, well, if, if Jesus could do that at 12, I can get some high schoolers to learn about leadership. So I used to teach every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. I would do a leadership class at a Starbucks that had a conference room. So I just make an announcement. I go, hey, any student that wants to learn about leadership, I'll be teaching at 6 a.m. on Tuesday at this Starbucks. I kid you not, we'd have kids drive 30, 45 minutes. When I walk into the conference room at 6 a.m., they'd be there with their notebook, their Bible open. I'd come and I'd sit down and I'd teach a top five. Come on. Little did I know it was preparing me for leadership that I would walk into, but I was thinking I was preparing them for leadership they would walk into. See, I always just think that it's how life works. That's why the Bible says, those that refresh others, will, be. will they themselves be refreshed? Come on. It was changing me as I was trying to help change them. So top five just always kind of been something I've been talking about. May, and you've, you've been exemplifying what it looks like to be a leader long before you were even leading a church. How would you encourage people who are leading in all different forms of churches, businesses, just Christian leaders in general, who maybe feel like they're not qualified, maybe it's because of their age or their area. You just said, hey, I'm gonna start leading. How would you challenge them and encourage them to lean in? Well, I would just say none of us are qualified. Come on. None of us feel ready. None of us feel like, oh, I got this. If you feel in over your head, welcome to the club. But I always think leadership, number one, is not about me. Hmm. It always starts with me, but it's not about me. Come on. Because leadership is about serving and adding value to others. The greatest leader in the history of the world is a guy named Jesus. Hmm. And he goes, guys, you, you call me master, right? And they're like, oh, for sure we call you master. Okay, well, if I'm the teacher, if I'm the leader... And I just washed your feet. How much more should you go wash each other, love each other in this manner? So I think leadership is about laying your life down. Leadership is about adding. Nobody wants to follow the leader that's narcissistic and full of themselves. And this is about them. Everyone wants to follow the leader that looks at them and says, guys, I live for you and for your betterment. And I'm more committed to your future than my future. That kind of leader will have a following 
that will be fierce and loyal like we are to Jesus. Come on. I got to tell you, I, I'm thrilled that I had the opportunity to connect with you today, Chad. I think you have Thanks. impacted so many leaders in your journey. Thanks for sharing some of that leadership with Thrive. Uh, but I saved my most controversial question for last, and we only have 45 seconds. And here's what it is. Greatest Laker of all time. Go. In my opinion, the greatest Laker of all time just passed away and went to heaven this year. His name is Kobe Bryant. Come on. Now, before Kobe's death, and probably nine months before that, I would have said Magic Johnson, but I am now in agreement with two jerseys that are hanging at Staples Center. Number eight and number 24, my hat is off to Kobe Bean Bryant. Come on, I'm glad that we know your theology's correct now. So now I know it all makes sense. Hey, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for spending time with us. Thank you, Chad. Dr. Veach, pastor, Zoe Church. You can find Chad online. I believe it's chadveach.com. Mm. And then also leadershipleanin.com. Zoe Church, I mean, he's got a number of outlets. So, uh, and go get his book, Help I Work With People. It's going to help you. It's going to help your team. It's going to help your staff. It's a, it's a great tool for, uh, for teamwork, for culture building, all the above. So check it out. Buy it. Buy a box. Uh, buy, it, buy it in bulk. I'm sure Chad's got some great offers on, even on his website. So anything else, CJ, we want to talk about? No, Chad, you know, I, I was just going to comment. Chad's one of those guys who, you know, he really does have, you can, you can see he's got a great connection to where some things are going. You know, I look at just how they communicate their church, their, their series and communications. And, you know, he's one of the, the, there's a few that really get kind of where the emerging generation is kind of what they're looking at, talking about, they've done a really good job you know, positioning just their mission and the gospel in a way that I think a lot of people want to hear. So that's, that's a, that's a shout out to, to Chad and his team on that. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's one of my favorite follows on social media, especially on Instagram one, yeah. because he's just, he's just so happy. I mean, he's, he's full of joy. It's, it's always, you always smile when you yeah. see a post from Chad and he's, you know, he's uh, he's a lifter of people. I mean, again, his book is a great example of, he, he, when he, he just raises the level, uh, and he's, he's, he's one of those loud laughers as well, which I love, you know, the, the loud laugher that you just, he, you, you want Chad in the room when you're telling a joke, cause you're going to get a laugh out of him. Yeah. Even if it's not funny, he'll still, he'll still, he'll still give you a courtesy laugh. I love it. And it'll be loud. <laughs> it'll be loud. That's right. I love it. I love it. Well, if you haven't, uh, if you're new here and you, you, this is maybe one of the first episodes you've listened to, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss anything coming. We've got a lot of, a lot of content coming and then you can kind of go back and, and listen to some of the great interviews and, and resources that we have. We've also got the Ray Johnson Leadership Podcast and the Thrive Women's Leadership Podcast, which are new uh, additions to the Thrive Network of Podcasts. And so check those out, subscribe, rate, review. That always helps us and we appreciate your attention. Thriveconverts.org for all things Thrive related. And uh, also more more and more content on YouTube. So if you're a YouTube uh, fan and you like to hang out there, there's plenty of stuff on the old YouTubes. So you could just search Thrive, Thrive Conference, or even Bayside Church for for lots of new content coming there. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate... You, we appreciate you leading. We want you to lead well, and we want you to be a healthy leader 
with a thriving church. So that's our goal, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll continue to bring these episodes to you. Thanks for for downloading us into your ears. You might be out mowing the lawn. You might be doing the dishes. You might be stuck in traffic. Mm. You might be uh, on the uh, on the bike at the uh, at the gym. That's right. Or on on the elliptical. Wherever you are, we appreciate you listening. And uh, thanks for being a part. And we'll talk to you again on this on the next episode of the Thrive Leadership Podcast. Mm-hmm.